The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. It came here, the Fandom Nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Hello, hello. Yes, uh, you, you get kind of almost a bonus this week. I'm going to get two episodes out this week because we had a, a great conversation on our previous podcast about the 50th anniversary of Disney's Robin Hood with, of course, the animated one. Uh, Philip did actually send me a message. He found the uh, there's a live action one that Disney did as well back in the 50s, which my wife has viewed. I think it was made for the wonderful world of Disney. It's uh, I think it's a television movie type of thing where it might have been in theaters i'm not sure uh, i know my wife watched it and it was shown on turner classic movies i believe it was when they were doing the uh, disney nights i don't know if they're still doing that because i don't have any sort of uh, cable or anything like that you know we're unplugged as it is and we just use a few streaming services and i watch a lot of stuff on youtube but i've mainly this this episode is going to be all about all kinds of different news and different interesting things going on over the last couple of weeks we got some new trailers, even a new trailer that just dropped today that I'm gonna I threw into the show. Uh, there's just so much fun and different things to talk about and everything that's upcoming. Now, that's pretty much what this show is going to be about. So let's just jump right into it uh, with a look at some news. I'm not gonna bother with what I've been playing and what I've been watching because, well, you know, I feel like I just discussed it in the earliest episode or earlier episode. So let's just dive right in. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. And I really need to update that because uh, you might have noticed I've changed things up. And I talked about this in the last episode where uh, I've on Red Circle where I host everything. So hopefully it's updated to Apple. I don't know. That might take some time, but I've changed it to just the Phantom Nexus. Of course, on the logos, we'll still have Neverland in there. And, you know, it's still in our hearts. Uh, for those of us who have been around for, my goodness, I'm finishing up the 10th year. Uh, but this is the Fandom Nexus. This is where all of us, we come together. It's the center point. Uh, but Bounding into Comics had an article, and I believe I've seen video of this as well, where people are going back to the commentary that George Lucas has said um, in like the Star Wars films. You know, where you watch the uh, audio commentary, I'm not sure exactly which film it is. But uh, it says here, Star Wars creator George Lucas explained why Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi never fought between their battle at Mustafar and the Death Star, despite the entire premise of the Disney Plus Obi-Wan Kenobi series revolving around a rematch between the two before their meeting on the Death Star. Lucas provided a commentary on the original Star Wars film for the release of the DVDs back in 2004. As part of his commentary, Lucas detailed, there's another story going on here where Vader senses that Obi-Wan is on the Death Star. One of the fun things for me about this movie was that I was making it episode four, which is why I was so adamant about having that on the film. There's a lot of backstory that just, you know, it's interesting. 
The film was as successful as it is, and I hardly told any of the story. But the other backstory is they had this whole confrontation thing, and Obi-Wan almost killed him, and he put him in this suit and everything, and now they're confronting each other again after all these years, he had said. So not only did Lucas make these comments back in 2004, but he also made it clear back in 1981 during Revenge of the Jedi Story Conference, Lucas' comments were recently collected in Star Wars Archives 1999 through 2005 by Paul Duncan back in 2020. Duncan shared an excerpt of the book to Twitter that shows Lucas' commentary from the Story Conference. Well, I mean, this article does go on uh, about the, you know, this is even, uh, there's stuff out of the J.W. Rinsler book, which I'm sure you've heard about, The Making of Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, back in 2013. Uh, but there was, you know, it just goes to show Disney has not gone the direction of where George Lucas had intended things to go, which I guess we knew. Uh, but he, George really doesn't have much say anymore. He sold everything. Uh, so he could, he could, apparently I've heard he's making some independent things that he just kind of shows to some friends. He's not planning on releasing everything. He just likes to make stuff. Uh, and that's all fine and good, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, Disney's kind of just doing whatever their own ideas are and really just trying to almost meet a quota of how much Star Wars can they put out in a year and, uh, almost saturating the market with it. Uh, there's still a lot of Star Wars, but yeah, there you go. They, they, it wasn't supposed to happen. All right, so speaking of things going on over with... I got a lot of Disney stuff that actually happened, but Disney's live-action Snow White has been delayed until 2025, according to Variety, and Jonathan Major's Magazine Dreams has been pulled off the calendar. Uh, oh, hey, you know what? I can hit a button, and uh, they'll read this article to us, so let me do that. As as it Disney's live-action Snow White delays to 2025. Jonathan Major's Magazine Dreams pulled off calendar... I just said that. ...by Brent Lang. Walt Disney Studios has removed Magazine Dreams, a dark drama starring Jonathan Majors, off of the release calendar. The film, which Disney's subsidiary Searchlight Pictures purchased out of Sundance, was slated to premiere on December 8. However, Majors has become embroiled in legal issues involving assault and aggravated harassment allegations, stemming from a domestic dispute with his former girlfriend, Grace Jabry. The actor has pleaded not guilty to the criminal charges. The studio also delayed the debut of its live-action version of Snow White by nearly a year. It will now open on March 21, 2025. Snow White, which stars Rachel Zegler as the beautiful princess who has a bad experience with an apple and Gal Gadot as the evil queen, was originally slated to debut on March 22, 2024. Elio, a Pixar science fiction animated adventure, has also been pushed back by a year. It was slated to hit theaters on March 1, 2024. Instead, the public will get a look at it on June 13, 2025. With voices from America Ferreira, Jamila Jamil, and Brad Garrett, it revolves around a boy chosen to become Earth's ambassador to an alien civilization. Disney is the latest studio to make a series of changes to its slate. Warner Brothers, Paramount, and Sony have also undertaken similar shifts as the actor's strike has eclipsed 100 days, preventing studios from finishing films or beginning production on others. Mission Impossible 8. A Quiet Place, Day 1. Craven and more have all been pushed back. But Magazine Dreams was probably not going to be screening anytime soon regardless of the labor situation. When Searchlight bought Magazine Dreams earlier this year, it saw the film as a potential Oscar vehicle for the star, who played a disturbed bodybuilder. But if it had stuck to its original plans, it would have debuted the film roughly at the same time Majors was due in court. His trial is set to begin on November 29th. 
Though many reviewers liked the film, some questioned its popular appeal. Variety's own Gleiberman observed in his review out of Sundance, We want to see Killian achieve his dreams, but the film is structured as his long slow descent into the abyss. Will there be an audience to follow him there? Yeah, and uh, well, when the trial... Next article. Oh, no, don't read the next article. Kevin Turin, Euphoria and ex-trilogy producer, dies at 44. Why did it do that? I don't know who Kevin Turin is who did, but he passed away. Well, there we go. I guess there was a little bit of news. But uh, if Jonathan Matrix gets found innocent of all of this, uh, which, you know, hopefully if, if he does, then we are all willing to let it go and let, you know, say, well, the courts found that it wasn't evidence or something. If that happens to happen, I wonder if anything will change. Uh, but public opinion doesn't necessarily change just because there's, you know, facts or someone gets dismissed. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if he did what he's accused of. I don't know the evidence. I don't know anything. I uh, will let the courts decide on that. But it has been it has been a big blow for Disney and Marvel because uh, he was supposed to be playing their next big bad and he was really good. Uh, but, yeah, we don't know. Now, you might have seen also with the delays of Snow White, there's some new imagery of seeing a uh, quote unquote Snow White sitting around with uh, computer generated uh, dwarves or I guess they're not going to call them dwarves. I don't know if that's been changed or not to call them dwarves again uh, or there's they're just whatever people. Or maybe they're just going to call the movie Snow White. I don't know. Uh, either way, I don't think there's really much interest still yet in this. In fact, you know, the Daily Wire is making their own version of Snow White for their children's programming, and it's probably going to do better than this Disney release. You know, uh, I think we're kind of tired of the remakes, and Rachel Zegler, I think, has shot herself in the foot with, with the comments that she's made that have not made her popular in the public. Uh, she was better off probably not doing press while this strike was going on, which the strike, by the way, is now over. Uh, that, I guess, would be another piece of news. Uh, there was a couple of other articles that were talking about some of the things, same things, and even uh, some some reshoots for Kang and the Conqueror, uh, which of course Jonathan Major's article. Uh, but you know, like I said, uh, going forward, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to pan out. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next thing, uh, which I'm going to change uh, what my next news article was because of something that popped out today. Uh, we actually have a trailer for what the article was about that will answer that question as well. But Variety also had an article saying that Picky P- Porky Pig and Daffy Duck, uh, one of the most beloved comic duos in showbiz history, are going to make their return to the big screen in a sci-fi comedy called The Day the Earth Blew Up, a Looney Tunes movie. Uh, GFM Animation is launching this worldwide with Warner Brothers Animation. Uh, and this is coming up uh, pretty soon. Uh, they've got some um, some dates on here, October 31st to November 5th. Uh, well, that's, I guess, the launching of sales of talking about this, but I don't know exactly when this film is supposed to go. Uh, we have not seen any. Uh, well, it looks like they're 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 in production currently and delivery set for quarter two of 2024. We're past that. I don't know that this article has got everything accurate. Let me see. When was this article put out? Yeah, this article was put out 2023. Uh, so. This this film seems to have been delayed by the strike. Uh, I don't know exactly when we're expecting this to come out. Heck, maybe it's been put out directly on Max, uh, you know, the streaming service at this point. But we'll see. Some more Looney Tunes uh, films. I don't know that they always quite hit the marks of the original Looney Tunes cartoons, but, uh, you know, they do try. So, alrighty. But, yeah, I didn't know that this was even coming or supposed to have come out. And uh, I came out, but it came out as a 2023 article. Uh, but that's interesting. Hmm, hmm, hmm. 
another weird thing, green glowing liquid was coming up from New York sewers and uh, people were kind of talking about it on social media. It blew up and people making, you know, Ninja Turtle jokes and Ghostbusters jokes. But it turns out to be the dye from plumbers that they were they were they were dyeing some stuff or whatever so they could see things better uh, in order to work on some stuff in the New York sewer. So everybody had fun with it, which makes it worth talking about, I guess. But it was just some dye. Alrighty, uh, here's a video I want to play for you. Uh, turns out there's a Broadway play coming you might be interested in. We were in the middle of breaking season four with our writers. We started going, okay, well, there's definitely more story to tell here. We wanted to tell an original story set in the Stranger Things universe. And then we heard Stephen Daldry was interested in doing a play. He's a director of all these movies, and he's an incredibly accomplished uh, theater director. And uh, that really is how uh, The First Shadow came about. Stranger Things, The First Shadow is a prequel, and it's opening in London. It really is a story exploring when Henry Creel first moved into Hawkins. And like every Stranger Things story, there's a new really important character, which in this case is Patty Newby. We are in Hawkins in 1959 with young Joyce, young Hopper, and young Bob. We have Henry, and everyone's trying to figure out their lives in high school. Main thrust of the story is Patty and her little budding romance with Henry. It's also the origin story of how Henry Creel became number one. It's the origin of Stranger Things. It's the origin of the Upside Down. I've loved Stranger Things. The series has been a worldwide success and it's really been a passion project for me for years. Steve and I have worked together for, what is it, 17 years now. We've always gone, how can we push the barriers of this and not see a moment as a challenge? The team behind Foreshadow, it's the ultimate, it's the dream team. We had a workshop day that like half of our team was gone because they all want Tonys. It's exciting. It's exciting to explore Stranger Things in this new medium. There are a lot of monsters, there are a lot of blood and gut effects, there are a lot of vanishes and appearances, and lots of other things that I'm not going to tell you about now because I don't want to spoil the surprise for the audience. There are so many Easter eggs. It's Easter morning. We were fascinated to explore that genre for theatre. This has never been done before on stage. Fans are really in for a treat. This is a cinematic experience mixed with the high stakes and kind of excitement of live theater. This spectacle is going to be right there in your face. You're going to have the audience reacting in a way that typically isn't possible with the show. It's completely mind-blowing. It's really crazy what they're going to be doing. You're going to see Stranger Things on stage in a way that you aren't expecting. I think people are going to lose their minds. Just come along and see it, man, because it is, whoo. So they are running previews right now this month uh, in London for Stranger Things, The First Shadow, uh, because it's on stage. And this is uh, the Duffer Brothers actually doing this with a creative team. Uh, now, sometimes these big, big efforts to bring something to stage. Uh, I mean, Harry Potter's kind of gone through it with a lot of effects. There was a Spider-Man musical, and that, that, that had so many problems with the production, with the stunts and the effects. Sometimes these don't work out very well. Uh, but if this does work out, it'll be interesting to see if it comes to the States. I mean, I'm hearing the Back to the Future musical 
has come over here and I would like to get an opportunity to see it uh, if it comes into my area. So sounds very interesting. Uh, but there's also a first look other than on YouTube on Gizmodo about Vecna and it's because the origins there. So hopefully I haven't spoiled anything for those of you who have not watched the last season. Something else very interesting kind of happened. Uh, whoops. And the article is broken. But uh, there was some footage from a prototype of a Daredevil game. And uh, some of you might remember it. There we go. There's the article. Uh, but this was on Gizmodo as well. Uh, there was a Daredevil, the Man Without Fear game that was supposed to come out about, about the same time that the film was coming out uh, for the like PlayStation 2. And it was canceled. Uh, but prototype game footage uh, kind of surfaced on the Internet, courtesy of a game preservation site called Hidden Palace. And as previously reported in 2016 by Did You Know Gaming, Daredevil was intended for the PlayStation 2, Xbox, and PC from developer 5,000 Foot Studios and publisher Encore, which acquired the game rights to several Marvel characters at the time. Now, Insomniac's getting some rights for some Marvel characters. We do expect a Wolverine game at some point. Uh, the footage shows Matt Murdock doing what he does best, beating up criminals, doing parkour, and tailing with the Kingpin Bullseye and his on-and-off flame Electra. The Catholic guilt presumably wasn't finalized as a mechanic yet at the time of the prototype. So Marvel and Sony eventually made it up in time to release a trilogy of rad Spider-Man games in recent years, and the comics publisher has partnered with a variety of developers over the de decades, but uh, apparently there were some clashes between Marvel and Sony because, of course, Marvel's trying to get the rights to be able to put the stuff out themselves, and so apparently that's what had uh, some problems with this Daredevil game being released. Uh, there is... Uh, yeah, they say there's a demand for a solo Daredevil game or anything feature him. It's pretty high, they're saying, and it's likely the Marvel is aware of this. And the developer who gets the opportunity to finally make it will happen soon. Which, uh, if something happens, I kind of would expect, uh, Insomniac will get a chance at it because they've done really well with the Spider Man games, uh, despite some uh, questionable content. But you can find the this footage on YouTube. I haven't actually gotten a chance to watch it myself. I remember seeing the advertisements though in comic books. And uh, the graphics look pretty good, you know, for the time, for PS2, you know, looked very, very cool. Uh, but yeah, it's a game that we just never got, and uh, I was hoping to get that for Xbox until I remember it being canceled. Lightning McQueen from Disney Pixar's Cars is coming to Rocket League. Uh, you're going to get a Lightning McQueen car body and also some other cosmetics. Uh, it's going to be called the Lightning McQueen Mega Bundle. It's supposed to be available as of November the 7th. Uh, I I have played through some... some uh, or some Rocket League. I was when it was like available to stream for my PlayStation Plus account. And I did go through and play it on my own. I haven't really played it online because I know that everybody online is going to be much better at it than I am. Uh, I thought it was very uh, awkward. It's a lot of fun, but it is kind of awkward trying to uh, kick a ball around and score goals with a vehicle. And there's people who've gotten quite skilled at that. And I'm I'm not that skilled at driving games. Uh, but you've also got some race ready decals, the Kachow Goal Expansion Explosion, pardon me, and more. So really, really kind of neat there. I mean, you know, they've done a lot of different vehicles in there. I think I've seen uh, the DeLorean from Back to the Future and stuff like that. Different kind of cars that they've made available. Apple, according to The Hollywood Reporter, has set up to do a Peanuts animated film featuring Charlie Brown and Snoopy going to the big city. Or what, the big Apple? Because Apple is going to put it on there. Apple currently has the rights to Charles Schultz Peanuts catalog has in it. They were in their first original animated film with from Wild Brain Studios and Peanuts Worldwide. This is going to be on Apple TV Plus. They've commissioned the community generated animated film, which will follow Snoopy and Charlie Brown 
as they and the rest of the Peanuts gang go on an epic journey to the big city. And this project marks the first Apple original film in the partnership with Peanuts Worldwide and Wild Brain that has proceeded by streaming of Library Peanuts originals and specials. Now, I haven't watched any of the newer Peanuts things that they've been making, uh, so I don't know if they've done a good job with it. I, you know, I was kind of nervous with uh, with Charles Schultz being gone and, and not being able to be consulted with things because he wrote a lot of the old stuff himself. But that uh, previous animated movie was really good. I really love it. Uh, but I haven't gotten to watch any of these newer things they've put on Apple+. Plus. Uh, I have not seen it. I really co- would like to ca- check some of them out because I am a Peanuts fan. I don't know if I have access to Apple+. Plus. I'll have to check. I thought at one point I did, but maybe I don't. Uh, but Steve Martino will direct. Uh, it is being produced by Bonnie Arnold and co-writer Carrie Kirkpatrick, who was has some animating screenwriting credits for Chicken Run, Smallfoot, and Over the Hedge. That's got some pretty good... I never saw Smallfoot, but that's got some pretty good pedigree with, with Chicken Run and Over the Hedge. Uh, the story by co-writers Craig Schultz, Brian Schultz, and Cornelius Uliano. Uh, well, that's, you know, I guess that's some of uh, the Schultz family there, I guess. Uh, we got two names in there. The team that wrote the Peanuts movie. Oh, hey, all right. So that, that gives me some hope. The Peanuts movie from 20th Century Fox, which was based on the Charlie Brown comic strip, and earned a nomination for a Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature Film. And I did really enjoy it. So, yeah, that's that's nice. Yes, and there it is, says below. It is so special to carry on my father's legacy with an original story from me, my son, Brian, and his writing partner, Neil. That's from Craig Schultz. So, yes, Craig is his son, and then Brian Schultz is the son of Craig. So, yes, it's it's being carried on the family legacy, and they're going to make sure it's done the way Charles would have wanted it. So I appreciate it. And they're the people who did the Peanuts movie. Like I said, I did really enjoy that. So I'm going to want to watch this when they get this done. Uh, hopefully the production is beginning very, very soon uh, now that the strike is over. Something else from Variety, uh, Legend of Zelda live action film is in developed from, from Nintendo and Maze Runner director Wes Ball. Now, the gaming legend Shigeru Miyamoto has made this announcement uh, and apparently on his you know, X or Twitter account and said, well, he said exactly, this is Miyamoto. I've been working on a live action film of The Legend of Zelda for many years now with Avi Arad-san, who has produced many mega hit films. He continued and said, I have asked Avi-san to produce this film with me. And we have now officially started the development of the film with the Nintendo itself heavily involved in the production. It will take time until its completion, but I hope you look forward to seeing it. And that's exciting. I mean, a nice Legend of Zelda movie. Personally, I I really enjoyed the animated Super Mario Brothers, and I was kind of hoping we'd maybe keep some more animated films, and an animated Legend of Zelda would be fun. I would have really enjoyed that. But, you know, a live action could be very, very cool. I don't know what sort of story uh, they are going to use. I mean, you've got a lot of... Um, kind of variety amongst Legends of Zelda because it's it's like a history of Hyrule that kind of goes like centuries and uh, like history kind of repeats itself but I would do some sort of basic you know go back to the original stuff with the Triforce definitely uh, and Ganon and maybe even have an origin story of Ganon a little bit in there that's what I would think and, and you know get some, get get some of your, your core stuff because you're going to have a lot of people of course seeing this that are Legend of Zelda fans but you're bound to have some people going in who are not familiar with it, who maybe take a look at it and say, hey, this looks neat. Let me go and check it out. Uh, or, you know, people who really, of course, I think everybody's familiar with it. Like they're familiar with Super Mario Brothers, but not everybody is like an expert on it. Uh, but I think most people did enjoy it as well. Uh, now, the director, Wes Bell, uh, did Maze Runner and also this upcoming Kingdom of the Planet of the Eights, which was written. Oh, <laughs> that film that I thought, oh, hey, that might be good because I enjoyed the other three. This was written by Jurassic World screenwriter Derek Connolly. Although you know, the, the first Jurassic World, I did like that one. So uh, that still gives me some hope. Uh, it's just the other two films that I didn't enjoy. 
So, and of course, we all are familiar with Avi Arad, who's worked on the live action Spider Man movies and Spider Verse animated films. Uh, so, yeah, he's he was before Kevin Feige. That was Avi Arad who was around making Marvel films. Okay, so the next thing on my list is uh, some recent information. This was on Deadline and also was announced on the YouTube channel for Dallas Jenkins, who's one of the the creators of The Chosen. Uh, he's a father of, or the son, sorry, of Jerry Jenkins, who's one of the co-writers of the Left Behind series, uh, by the way, in case you didn't know. But Lionsgate and Kingdom Story Company are teaming together with Dallas Jenkins. They're going to make a film version of the best Christmas pageant ever uh, and a 2024 theatrical release planned. Oh, so maybe they've already got this done. Huh. Well, now that's interesting. Deadline has a button where we can listen to this article as well. Uh, but it is a longer article, so I guess I won't worry about hitting that. Uh, but Lionsgate acquired the global television distribution rights to The Chosen earlier this year and has already secured licensing deals for the series with Peacock, The CW, and Amazon, where it has been a top 10 series since the launch of season three earlier this year. I still haven't finished watching the first season. I really need to get down to it. Uh, and uh, how this means a lot. I've never actually seen the entire one that I remember. I mean, I, I remember watching it in the first grade. But I don't really, I didn't pay much attention to it. There was old TV movies of the best Christmas pageant ever. So I'm not super familiar with it. Uh, but they're planning for a holiday release in 2020. Well, I guess it's 2023 right now. I'm, my brain was getting ahead of time. So this will be for next holiday season uh, produced by Kingdom Story. And uh, I don't think we've got any names attached to it for any actors yet at this time. Uh, so, yeah, but this is coming up. So we'll check it out. I'm, uh, I'm interested to see this. It could be a lot of fun. It is a very funny story after all. And uh, there is a little announcement that Weird Al Yankovic made on Facebook saying that the Weird Al Yankovic story is coming out on DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K Ultra HD, uh, jam-packed with sp cool special features. But if you just can't wait, you can buy or rent the digital version on iTunes, Amazon, etc. right now. And now it says next month. And I'm trying to think, when, when did I see this? Did I see this here in November or did I see it in October? <laughs> I, I think it... You should expect to see it at least December in time for Christmas, right? And I think we already did discuss this movie. I did a review of it. I enjoyed it. It was funny. It was exactly what you'd expect Weird Al to do of a parody of a biopic about his own life. It was really, really funny. And I did definitely, definitely enjoy it. Uh, now, I didn't get my link set up very well for this one. Give me just a second here. And we're going to click and click over to something that... Uh, came from Fox Business. Disney CEO Bob Iger says company is looking to cut costs by 7.5 million. That's a big, big, big change. So there was an ad trying to pop up there. And I have stopped it. There we go. So he and the company said Wednesday afternoon, that was last week on Wednesday, that it has increased our annualized efficiency target to 7.5 billion while continuing to aggressively manage its cost base. Disney had said in February it wanted to save $5.5 billion across the company. With new cost reduction goal, that means $2 billion more in costs get trimmed. Now, uh, this, of course, we've, they've closed down the Star Wars um, hotel. Uh, my cousin thought she had heard somewhere that they were closing down the Star Wars, uh, Star Wars land, basically. Uh, I forgot the name of it. See how far disconnected I've gotten from Disney at this point? Uh, but they... Uh, did not shut down. They're not shutting down the parts of the park that is still in there. Uh, but Disney is to apparently 
wanting to buy the remaining third of Hulu from Comcast. So maybe they're going to focus a little bit more on some of their streaming, even though they are losing some money with Disney Plus, apparently. Uh, the entertainment giant announced the new cost-saving target while disclosing its fourth quarter results in late afternoon. It says Disney is on track to achieve the new savings, Iger said during an earnings call. He added that the thoroughly restructure, the thorough, not thoroughly, restructuring that has been engaged in has enabled tremendous efficiency. Early in the year, the company moved to have just entertainment, sports, and experiences segments and slashed thousands from its headcount, among other measures. Now, cussing, cut, uh, cutting from their headcount, I figure that means a lot of people have lost their job. Uh, the fourth quarter revenue came in at $21.24 billion. That income hit $246 million. Those figures represent 5.4 and 62.9 increases year over year, respectively. So um, they... I'd, I'd say probably their parks are probably still doing okay. It's uh, a lot of their films, I think, is where they're really struggling. They need to really get back on track with uh, the values that uh, were instilled in the uh, original stories and what Walt would have presented because uh, really they've got agendas and uh, kind of preachy with what they're putting out them and Pixar both. And uh, I think they're getting to where we're just not excited about some of their, their films anymore. Uh, there's a growing number of us not really enjoying Disney anymore. Okay, well, it's about time we turn the corner to the Neverland Trailer Park. But first, I have been telling y'all about Dubby. Dubby.gg. Use the discount code Neverland. And I do have links at NeverlandPodcast.com. You have a big uh, graphic there. They make an energy drink, but it's a powdered energy drink, so you can add water yourself. They have a variety of different flavors. You can order yourself a nice water bottle even to use. And if you use the discount code, you get a 10% discount. Or if you go, of course, through my website and through and click in there. Plus, I get a little bit of a help in supporting the show. But Dubby, I haven't gotten to try any yet. Uh, I'm having some issues with, uh, I'm supposed to be able to order and get some packs, but I haven't figured out how to get that set up to where I'm supposed to get some free packs so I can sample all that, so I can tell you all about it. Uh, I have not figured out how to get that to work. I need to get a hold of somebody over there at Dubby to tell you, you know, how good it is. But they say that this is going to be, uh, this is nutritious and it's not going to give you the jitters, which I know I've gotten sometimes from caffeine. Uh, sometimes when I drink some iced tea, I get the jitters. I had that happen to me. So yeah, yeah. Cause I'm not really supposed to have much caffeine. So a nice healthy alter alternative is a great idea. All right, but, uh, let's go and hear a couple more ads from some of our other, uh, sponsors. Well, not really sponsors, but you know, some more ads that, uh, yeah, here's the ads. Okay. The Neverland Trailer Park. I've got a lot of trailers for you. There are two things in the music business before Thriller and after Thriller. Thriller set the standard of what it was to be a megastar. Michael had such a clear vision of what he wanted. He was determined to change the way he was perceived. I came in angry. He was a perfectionist. I wanted the best. And look in the mirror. And I'd say the biggest selling album of all time. The greatest thing is do what the music tells them to do. Everybody waiting to see the next big Michael Jackson album. As a matter of fact, I asked what Mama say, Mama saw, Mama Kusa mm -hmm. meant. Oh, and it don't mean nothing. Just sing it. 
He had the ambition to become the biggest star in the world, and he did it. You could feel the excitement in the room, knowing that we were doing something special. There was a sense of culture. It felt like he's rocking with us. We can dance to his music. He saw value in street culture. Popping, locking. No one had ever put those elements together. Nobody's seen the moonwalk coming. He just laid a bomb on that room. stepping on the pavement. It was about making the magic. Like a musical damn near. He wanted to go out and tour for Thriller, but Joseph Jackson had other ideas. It's the ultimate blueprint to modern pop music. It's probably everything that I ever loved in one. Michael's gone from being a pop star to a phenomenon. If Thriller came out today, it would still be the greatest album ever made. Paramount Plus will be getting this in December. Uh, I just had the date in front of me. December the 2nd to Paramount Plus with a Showtime plan, which I do currently actually have. So 40 years after the release of Michael Jackson's Thriller, the best-selling album of all time, director Nelson George takes fans back in time to the making of a pop masterpiece with never-before-seen never footage and candid interviews. I am actually pretty excited. And of course, we had the Thriller album because I think everybody did back in the day. Of course, we had an LP. Listen to that a lot. Uh, Michael Jackson. Well, no, I guess maybe not everybody. There was people who hated him already even back then. Uh, and how things kind of went a weird, you know, later on in his career. But this was what sort of introduced Michael Jackson to people of my generation when we were kids. We weren't really familiar with the Jackson 5, you know, so much. We didn't know what it was like our parents would have. Uh, so, but this was Michael Jackson getting off on his own. Here's another film coming to Disney Plus called The Shepherd. Is your family in the force, sir? Yeah, my father. Missing in action over Germany. So you followed him into the force? Yeah, I did. You sure about this? You've only just got your night rating. It's a straight run across the North Sea. Perfect night for flying. Everything seems to have stacked up in your favor. Looks like you're going home for Christmas. Thank you, sir. So, like Charlie Delta, emergency, calling all channels. Come in, multiple instrument failure, electrical failure. Fuel status critical. Why would somebody listen to me? Please get me out of this bloody mess. All I wanted was to come home to spend Christmas with you. Mr. Johnny went out on his last patrol Christmas Eve 1943. Just 14 years ago tonight. If this is it, then I don't seem to be afraid anymore. He's to go out over the North Sea looking for a crippled plane, sometimes in fog, so dense. He couldn't see your hand. It's light tonight. Lord, please send someone to lead me down. So it's an original short film that's supposed to start streaming on December 1st. Don't know how long of a short film that means. 
But it says in the description, on Christmas Eve, a young Royal Air Force pilot flying home across the North Sea finds himself in peril when his radio and electric power cut out, leaving him stranded and running on limited fuel. Just when it appears his luck is about to run out, a mysterious Good Samaritan drives him to stay to safety. This stars Ben Radcliffe, Stephen McIntosh, and Academy Award nominee John Travolta. Streaming on December the 1st. Uh, now, this looks pretty good. I don't know how long a short film would be. I guess that means you're under an hour. Uh, I guess that's what that means. Uh, but yeah, uh, it looks very interesting. Uh, this is apparently based off of a, a story or a book or something that people are familiar with. And this is the first time it's ever been adapted to uh, being on film. Uh, and I, it's looking at me right in the face. Marvel Studios Echo. Uh, yes, there was a teaser for that. Uh, it's going to be a TV mature. And I didn't know if that was appropriate for my podcast here. Uh, but yes, and I'm not that I'm, I might, I might watch it. I don't know. I, I didn't think echo was that interesting. Uh, it's kind of an origin story for that. Uh, but here's something I am interested in checking out another documentary called timeless. Harrison, he's not interchangeable. Other actors cannot fill those shoes. I never expected to be a leading man. I was the first one in our family to go to college. And I was not a good student. And I didn't fit in. And then I found drama. The people that I was telling stories with were the people I was missing. And I started doing tiny little parts in television shows. And I ran out of money. And a friend of mine suggested I take a job as a carpenter. He had lived a life before he became a movie star. George and Steven, these guys were young, upcoming, when they came into my life, things got better. I became very aware of this movie star in waiting. Trust me. We had great stories to tell. Are there any surprises in this film? Oh! Only Harrison can play Indiana Jones because he is Indiana Jones. I'm sure it's not dangerous. If it was dangerous, they would wait until we got more of the movie done. <laughs> he wants to work hard. He's a once-in-a-generation movie star. But there's more to Harrison than meets the eye. We all need heroes like him. The secret of being an iconic actor is they'll refer to him when they're referring to a particular kind of actor. When they say Harrison Ford type, you've become an icon. Coming to Disney Plus on December the 1st, Timeless Heroes, Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford. Discover the untold story of how Harrison Ford became Indiana Jones. Once again, like I said, streaming December 1st on Disney Plus. And this is, of course, brought to you by Lucasfilm. So they have footage of George that looks like it's older footage of George. I don't know if they went and talked to him recently or not. I don't know. We'll find out, I suppose, later. But uh, that looked pretty cool. So I'm definitely interested in that. Something else coming to Netflix that just looked like some fun with Jennifer Garner. Family Switch. I worry that we're all kind of disconnected. Did you ask me something? Hmm? What? It's fine. Okay, good, good night. night. <laughs> Do you think it's good for you to live like this? What's up? You're really not supposed to use your hands. Why is family meeting downstairs? Let's go. Can you help me with this problem? I'm kidding. You can't help me. No, I can't. 
We are gonna make a happy memory as a family. I wish you could be me. I would love for you to be me for one day. I would love for you to know what it's like to be me. I would kill to eat a dozen donuts and just have it burn right off. Would you take a picture of my family, please? Everybody say Merry Christmas. My bed. You're in my bed. Why am I in your bed, Mom? What is happening? That's me, Cece. Mom, Wyatt. Dad. This is a situation that has never happened before. I'm 17 again. I'm 13, going on 30. It's so freaky. What's wrong with pickles? What's going on with Miles? Pickles is Miles. What's my age again? We just need to get through today and figure out how this happened. Your dad happens to be the toast, and high school's kind of my jam. You stole my first kiss? No, I pulled away. You rejected Dad. Ariana? Dad! I can't believe I thought we could pull this off. Be a boss. Be a boss. Be a boss. Be a boss. What's my age again? Sounds like you need to fix what is broken. We've got this. We're walkers, and walkers never quit. Gramps! Ow! I think I tore a quaddy. More than anything, I just want you to be okay. We have 24 hours. If we don't figure this out, we're gonna be stuck like this forever. This is the most exciting thing I've done in years. Whatever happens, we'll get through it together. This is just a dream, and we have to wake up. Flapping. I think the dog and the baby are spending too much time together. What's my age again? On Netflix, November 30th, Jennifer Garner and Ed Helms and Family Switch, which says Jess and Bill Walker are doing their best to keep their family connected as their children grow older, more independent, and more distance. When a chance encounter with an astrological reader causes the family to wake up to a full body switch on the morning of the most important day of each of their lives. Can the Walkers unite? To land a promotion, college interview, record deal, and soccer tryout. This is Jennifer Garner, Ed Helms, Emma Myers, and Brady News, starring in a family comedy directed by McGee and based on the book Bedtime for Mommy by Amy Krauss Rosenthal. What's fun about this, I mean, because we've seen Switch movies before, Parent Trap, or not Parent Trap, but um, Freaky Friday. Uh, what was the one in the 80s? I think it happened in a couple of different 80s, or well, maybe at least one with Fred Savage, even in it, Fred Savage with. Uh, no, that was a different one. There were at least two. There was Vice Versa, because there's one, Kirk Cameron and Dudley Moore, where our father and son that got switched. And then Fred Savage and uh, uh, I cannot think of his name, who played his dad, and they swapped. Oh, my goodness. But there was also 18 again, where uh, it was George Burns. Uh, was supposed to be turning 81, although he was already older than that. And I was, was getting swapped with uh, his grandson. I mean, it's been done before, but what's fun and different about this is I like the idea of the baby and the dog getting swapped. Okay. It just seems like it's going to be funny. Uh, and I, 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 I'm into it. I'll, I'm going to check it out. Some nice, good family comedy. Uh, I, that's how you get my attention. Uh, here's another documentary. David Holmes, The Boy Who Lived, uh, a documentary about uh, the stunt double for Daniel Radcliffe in the Harry Potter films. Being a stuntman is the best job in the world. You're constantly being tested, just risking it all. 
I used to fly. Nothing's like it, man. David went in for something, for the sheer fun of it. He had no concepts of fear. I knew I was going to be a stuntman. Then I got the best job in the world. Lead stunt double for Daniel on the Potter films. Dave just seemed like a cool older brother. He would do the most dangerous physical stuff. We would do things none thought was possible. What was nice about it was that they all grew up together, 10 years on every film. But it was brilliant. That's it, it wasn't. I remember straight after breaking my neck, I said, there's no chance of coming back. Worst day in the film business that I've ever had. It is unfair. He shouldn't have had to do any of that. In my mind, Dave's indestructible. This terrible thing happened to Dave, but I don't want to talk as if his life is a tragedy. The way his life has affected the lives of people around him means that it is the furthest thing from that imaginable. Three, two, one. Salvation! Before our accident, everything was about being cool and being a stuntman. Now it's about being present. I have so much love in my life. You got your mum? You know, I had lots of great friends, and I'm so lucky. I've had such a crazy life. Such highs and such lows. But I was able to find light in the darkest of places. Coming to Max on November 15th, just a couple of days from the time I'm recording it and probably on the day that I'll release this. Uh, this will be, of course, like I said, on Max. Uh, it's about Daniel Radcliffe's stunt double, uh, David Holmes. Uh, it seems like it's going to be interesting. For those of you, us that were fans of the Harry Potter films, I think you're really going to enjoy this. All right, what do we got next? I got so much stuff here. Okay. Got to double check to see. I've got so many different things. I don't want to make sure I don't miss anything. Here we go. Good Burger 2 for those of you who are fans. Coming to Paramount Plus. Starts now. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Sorry. Uh, the new adventures of Adam Dex starts now. You think I can get a job at Good Burger? I'm putting a good word to Mr. Jess. That's not soap, by the way. It's maple syrup. Why? <laughs> Do you guys serve veggie burgers? I can serve anything on the menu. Oh, oh, Are you using a plunger to unclog the shake machine as in the same plunger we use to unclog the toilet? Uh, no. It really means a lot that you came to see me. Well, you're my best friend. We're going to be opening mega good burgers in cities all over the world. From Hollywood to Hong Kong. Hong Kong is not a city. It's the name of an ape. King Kong. The game with the paddles? Ping pong. The sound a doorbell makes. Ding dong! What? We shut down the store! Shut it down! Shut, shut it down. down! I don't think you really understand. You're on fire! I like that fire! Fire! It's hot! You just got hustled. Welcome to Good Burger. Can I take your order? Whoa. Megacorp wants to replace everybody with robots. We gotta do something. We're going to change the world. Here's your burger. Max 
for no ice, but there's ice in here. Ah, no problem, dude. I'll get you another one. All right, so uh, for all of you, uh, well, I guess, would it be the millennials that would have been into this? <laughs> I don't know. Calling all dudes, buckle up because the new adventures of Index start now. Your fa- favorite fast food duo is back and serving up nostalgic laughs and new antics in Good Burger 2, streaming November 22nd, only on Param- Paramount+. Plus. I was too old for the first Good Burger. It was a it was a kids movie when I was an adult. Uh, so the kids and the generation behind me, maybe even a couple generations behind me, this is for you. Not quite for me. Although it looks like it might be kind of fun, but also kind of weirdly dumb with the robot thing. But I don't know. I think that's the idea. It's supposed to not really be believable. It's just supposed to be silly. Here's something. Did you know that C.S. Lewis and Sigmund Freud actually had a uh, a session or a conversation together? Well. That story is coming to, uh, I believe, hopefully it's theaters. With Anthony Hopkins. Professor Lewis? Yes. Anna Freud. Ah. Nice to meet you. And you. Good luck. Dr. Freud. Sit, please. Not there. That's the transformation couch. You be careful. <laughs> Why would you come here to see me if you disagree so passionately with my views? You've insisted all your lives that the very concept of God is ludicrous. Yes. Clash between God and Satan. Ah, but I did not say whose side I was on. I consider what people tell me far less interesting than what they choose not to tell me. Have you frightened off your professor yet? <laughs> not yet. Soon, perhaps. You challenge my disbelief, is that right? I do. Well done. God! Too late to turn back now. It seems to me, Professor, you've never matured enough to face the terror of being alone in the dark. What is it you think I'm so afraid of? Yeah, we're all terrified. Do you bury your doubts? You bury your memories of the war. But at the core of your being, we're all cowards before death. Freud's last session or session is aimed to come out here at Christmas. It says here on the eve of the Second World War, two of the greatest minds of the 20th century, C.S. Lewis and Sigmund Freud, converge for their own personal battle over the existence of God. As this interweaves the lives of Freud and Lewis, past, present, and through fantasy, bursting through the confines of Freud's study on a dynamic journey. This is being brought to you by Sony Pictures Classic. It does not give a date for when this film will be released uh but uh very interested in this because i'm a fan of c.s lewis and the narnia books uh he is one of the greatest christian apologists who have ever walked this earth so uh definitely want to see what his conversation was like with sigmund freud oh speaking of kingdom of the planet of the apes i think we talked about this film coming out uh here's the trailer when i sleep i see strange things Memories? Not memories. New things. I see 
everything. <laughs> that is not everything. Coming Memorial Day to theaters from 20th Century Studios, director Wes Ball breathes new life into the global epic franchise set several generations in the future following Caesar's reign in which apes are the dominant species living harmoniously and humans have been reduced to living in the shadows. As a new tyrannical ape leader builds his empire, one young ape undertakes a harrowing journey that will cause him to question all that he has known about the past and to make choices that will define a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Those last at last trilogy of films, I really did enjoy those. Uh, they're ooh, they're deep uh, stuff. So I mean, there's it's not like what I call fun watching. It is some solid science fiction where it's lesson stuff. I, I don't own copies of those. I probably need to watch them again sometime. Uh, but I remember watching them. But they were they're not they're not fun where you watch them repeatedly. They're ones that you watch and you kind of take it in. I mean, they're just they're good. They're just that good. We'll just leave it at that. So this though. Uh, kind of a different direction because they kind of wrap things up with Caesar, uh, voiced by Andy Circus. Andy Circus, of course, was great. Uh, but I do like that these actually look like irregular apes. All right, but we're going to something else that's going to be serious. And of course, it's it's historical drama, but not necessarily following perfectly to history, which, you know, we've heard about from. Uh, and the, I don't know what rating this is going to get, but Napoleon, we got another trailer for Napoleon. And I'm still curious about this. General. We are discovered. Good. Wait! Spies! Detective! Retreat! I'm not built like other men. Generals gathered in their masses now those in power only see me as a brute unfit for higher office Just like at black but i follow in the footsteps of alexander the great and caesar evil minds that plot destruction if you look down you'll see a surprise once you see it you will always want it sorcerer of death construction I must warn you, I will not leave the second in command. I will win by fire. I am destined for greatness. Oh. 
I found the crown of France in the gutter and placed it atop my own head. You want to be great? You are nothing without me. Say it. I believe I speak for all of us. We would all sleep again without this vermin. Whose country are we in? Mine. Supposed to be out here by Thanksgiving. Yes, it's got an R rating. So unfortunately, this will be the end of our coverage of it. I just saw the end of this. Yes, it's going to have an R from Ridley Scott, uh, Napoleon. So. Uh, if it's just an R for violence, I'll go see it. I, you know, I, I try to skip out if they have a, you know, R for, uh, nudity and stuff like that. Uh, like Gladiator I, was violent. It was our, our rated movie. And I enjoyed that film as well. Uh, Ridley Scott, I don't think is really known for just throwing a bunch of nudity in there, uh, into his film. So hopefully that's not the case. Uh, I try to avoid the nudity. Uh, but, uh, if it's, if it's just because it's a bit violent, uh, I mean, Gladiator was a bit violent, but it wasn't like as bad as some other stuff I've seen. So. I'm hopeful to uh, be able to check it out. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's probably about the last you're going to hear about it because that's not the way I run this podcast. But something you will be able to hear about, uh, all of you anime fans, we got something new from Studio Ghibli uh, from Hayao Miyazaki. We got The Boy and the Heron. Uh, Here you go. There's a quick trailer. Mahito. So... You made it. Mother! Have a seat. It's this way, Mahito. A lot of strange things happen in this place. I just hope he stays safe. Save me. Save me, Mahito! What exactly are you? Your mother. She's awaiting your rescue. I'll be your guide. What is this place? This world is filled with the dead. I know it's a lie, but I have to see. I'm looking for someone. We must protect this world ourselves. Go back! Now! Michael! Michael! You and I aren't friends or allies, kid. Don't let go, no matter what. Ready? You see this world? There's more work to be done. A gray heron once told me that all gray herons are liars. So is that the truth or a lie? A the lie. truth. All righty, rated PG thirteen. The boy and the heron from Hayao Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli. Uh, this is coming November twenty second with her special preview engagements in New York City and Los Angeles. The rest of us theaters nationwide and IMAX December 
the eighth. This is his first feature film in 10 years. An original story written and directed by the Academy Award winning and, and director himself. Produced by Studio Ghibli, co-founder Toshio Suzuki, and the film features a musical score from Miyazaki's longtime collaborator, Joe Hisaishi. Uh, the theme song for the film Spinning Globe was penned and performed by global J-pop superstar Kenshi Yonizu. English voice cast includes Christian Bale, Dave Bautista, Gemma Chan, William Dafoe, Karen Fukuhara, Mark Hamill, Robert Pattinson, or Pattinson, if I can say it right, and Florence Pugh. All production of English language version was done in compliance with SAG-AFTRA. Of course, they have to put that in there because, you know, we were just having that strike. Okay, but yeah, I might want to check that out. I know my wife will be interested because, you know, she's into the Miyazaki movies. Shogun! Do not be fooled by our politeness. Our bows, our maze of rituals. Death is in our air. And sea and earth. Just remember. We live and we die. We control nothing beyond that. There's a saying out here. Every man has three hearts. One in his mouth for the world to know. Another in his chest, just for his friends. And a secret heart, buried deep. Where no one can find it. What kind of man wields power in a land like this? The one who they open, or the one you never see? When I die here, likely. War is coming. Life and death are the same. Both can have value and purpose. This is not where we die. We should be corpses by now, but here we are. My life is mine and yours is yours. If you can't see that, you'll never be free of this prison. It is you who is imprisoned. Freedom is all you ever live for. Starting this next February, a series coming is going to be on Hulu and FX, Shogun, an epic saga of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Uh, I was going to go a little deeper into this, but, uh, you know, we've already gone at this an hour. Uh, I was looking up because I knew this was a novel and it's a big novel. But I mean, this is a big, long, epic type of thing. Uh, and I, I don't know if it's ever been adapted to film before. Uh, it probably has. Uh, but this, of course, they should be able to get all the detail in as a series. So I'm interested to check this out. Uh, coming, like I said, in February. 
Now we're going to get to those even more exciting ones. My goodness, well, I told you we had a lot. But here we go. Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Yeah, and the song's going to give me a copyright thing here. It's going to be another hot one out there. In fact, there are heat alerts in effect for New Jersey, feeling like 100 degrees. in New York history, people froze to death in the middle of July. What is it? The death chill. The power to kill by fear itself. Your veins turn to rivers of ice. Your bones crack. And the last thing you see is your own tear ducts freezing up. Like, literally scared to death? So cool. <laughs> All righty, so coming to theaters this spring. Uh, originally, I think when we were hearing stuff. Uh, they they were talking about trying to get it out here, I think by Christmas, but I'm sure the uh, strike had something to do with it. Says here, it'll send a, st- a chill down your spine. Watch the teaser trailer for Ghostbusters Frozen Empire coming exclusively to movie theaters. And all we know is this spring coming very soon. Paul Rudd is, of course, back with Egon's kids. We even get to see Ernie Hudson, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd making appearances in the film. Not sure how much of a role they get to play this time around, but uh, it is nice to see them again popping up in the film. Okay, so next we have, uh, well, this is a TV movie coming to Peacock, but I'm excited. Mr. Monk's Last Case. The great Adrian Monk. For a while there, you were solving a major case every week. I couldn't have done it alone. I could have, but it would have taken longer. I have traumatic symptoms unprecedented in psychiatric history. He's afraid of heights. It's his second biggest fear after germs. Actually, it goes germs, needles, birds, then heights. That was no accident. He was murdered. You have to help me. Turn, turn it, turn it, turn it. There's a bomb. There's a bomb. You're not helping. We should leave a note. When COVID hit, I was in bad shape. This is mine. Look at us. Everybody's you. They're going to hate it. Here's what happened. So how does that feel to be working again? Like riding a bicycle. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, it's terrifying. Streaming December the 8th on Peacock. 
I would recommend getting Peacock here. If I get this to stop here. There we go. Uh, so in this follow-up movie, Monk, a brilliant San Francisco-based detective with obsessive compulsive disorder, result, returns to solve one last very personal case involving his beloved stepdaughter, Molly, a journalist preparing for her wedding, which I think we, we met Molly uh, in the original series. Wow. I, I kind of remember that. I haven't watched every episode of uh, of Monk, but I do I love it. I've seen like the final episode. Uh, it's very, very good. Uh, so if, you, if you've never watched Monk, I do recommend it. It is funny and charming, and Tony Shalhoub is just great, and they're good stories, good mysteries. Uh, definitely, if you have Peacock, check it out. And if you don't have Peacock, go get it just so you can check it out. Here's something that, uh, if I was still paying attention to Disney and Pixar so much, I probably would have known what's coming. Inside Out 2. girls growing up so fast and things couldn't be better what is that Look, orange. I didn't touch it. Orange is not my color. Not me. Hello. Ah! Oh my gosh, I'm anxiety. Where can I put my stuff? A new emotion. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. We wanted to make such a good first impression. Uh, what do you mean, we? So coming this June, Inside Out 2, Brand New Emotions, the little voices inside Riley's head know her inside and out, but next summer, everything changes when Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2 introduces a new emotion, anxiety. According to director Kelsey Mann, the new character promises to stir things up within headquarters. Anxiety, voiced by Maya Hawk, might be new to the crew, but she's not really the type to take a back seat. Uh, that makes a lot of sense if you think about it in terms of what goes on inside all our minds. The trailer, poster, and film stills are now available for what promises to be the feel-good or feel-everything film of the summer of 2022. So the first film, let us it was a coming-of-age story in its own way, right? Um, And I remember when I was driving a school bus, and we took some middle schoolers to go see the film, and it was perfect for them. It was definitely aimed at them. Uh, and it's a growing-up thing. This, Riley turns 13, so she enters that teenage years, and so... Oh, look, another growing thing. And so it feels to me when I look at this, like it's uh, rehashing the first movie in a lot of ways, but finding a different way to do the same story that we had in the first movie. So I have my doubts. I have my doubts. And I didn't used to ever doubt Pixar, but well, here we are. And I've gained a lot of doubts in Pixar over the years, but there it is inside out too. We'll just see. Uh, those of you who have new fans of Avatar The Last Airbender, because it's been five minutes, apparently we needed to have yet another uh, remake of sorts, another live action. 
Uh, I believe this will be a series here for Netflix. Let's take a listen. Time. Time is a funny thing. The past. The future. It all gets mixed up. There's only one way to keep it straight. Always remember who you are. February 22nd, coming to Netflix, Avatar The Last Airbender as a live action. Now, those of you who were fans of the old show, you'll have to tell me if you've looked at this and what you thought. If it, you know, it seems a bit more faithful than the uh, the previous M. Night Shyamalan movie was. Uh, I, I couldn't get into the animated series because the animation had that choppiness. I just, I couldn't watch it. It just, uh, it bugged me. Uh, so I was never really able to get into the original series. But this, I might give it a shot and check it out. Okay, and then one more surprise trailer, and then we'll be able to wrap this up. I hope you've been enjoying this. My goodness, I had a lot of trailers. But we finally got a, and I, I skipped over an article about this because Chris Pratt was cast, uh, and I didn't know that we were going to have a trailer this soon, for an animated Garfield movie with Chris Pratt playing Garfield. You hungry, little guy? how I adopted John. Okay, now have you ever been with a plate? Don't need a spatula. No, please, no. Ow, it's so hot. Ow, it's really hurting. Ow, ow, ow. You deserve to be seen with somebody as bright as you. 
Say when. Never, John. Bury me in cheese. I apologize in advance. The eating you're about to see will not be pretty. And if you have young children, this would be a good time for them to leave the room. You ain't never seen nobody this Hey, Junior, this is Vic, my father. You ever jumped a train? I've never jumped. Here's that stop. Really? Where? You think he'd see that coming? Let's get it. I deserve to be with somebody as bad as me. Now, wait for it. Okay, this is a separate thing here. Let me get pulled out. They're actually doing for some promotion with this trailer that they want you to send some footage of your cast that they can use in the trailers. Um, but yeah. It says Monday just got a whole lot better. Watch the Garfield movie trailer now because today was a Monday that I'm recording this and that's when this trailer dropped. Uh, so this actually looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it was a lot of non-dialogue there where you kind of see this cute little bit where you see Kitten Garfield coming off the streets because if you've ever watched, uh, there was an old Garfield special where he met like his mother uh, and their family and the little, you know, they're all a bunch of street cats and alley cats and he was a kitten apparently when he was found by John. But apparently this is him finding John sitting in an Italian restaurant eating a pizza and John offers Garfield, a you know, a couple pieces of pepperoni. So oh, you want a little more. And of course, Garfield gobbles down the entire pizza. And that's when everything changes. And we see him just gobbling down everything. Cause that's what he does. So, uh, I, I'm looking forward to checking this out. This looks like it's going to be fun. And I, I do like Garfield. I know some people have issues with Garfield. Don't like him or whatever. Don't think it's funny. I have enjoyed it. So I am looking forward to checking this out coming from Sony pictures, entertainment, uh, I believe uh, this summer is the idea. And of course, his voice, you know, Chris Pratt. Uh, also, we have Samuel L. Jackson, of course, playing his father. Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to checking this out. But that's finally going to wrap up everything we had. Uh, what are you looking forward to most to coming out? Well, other than Dune 2, of course, but, you know, we've got a lot of stuff but of the trailers that we heard what is it, what gets you most excited for uh, what's coming out next uh, I gotta say I'm probably most excited for Ghostbusters you know I, I did enjoy Afterlife and you know this one looks cool and a lot of fun so I'm definitely looking forward to that well let's go ahead and get our thank yous out of the way a thank you to Karen Kennedy Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show for helping me out with the intro make sure you go to visit NeverlandPodcast.com where you can find links for of course for Patreon.com uh, links for, of course, that dubby that I mentioned earlier, and you can get your energy drinks without the jitters. Also, my podcast reviews. If you happen to have a podcast, you want to get your reviews from around the world, send them straight to your email. Plus, a lot of other new features that uh, Daniel's working on. Uh, go check it out. Remember, you can email us, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Find us on Twitter, Neverland PCast, and on Facebook. We have both a fan page and a group. It's easier for me to share things to the group, so that's where we can go, and we can have some conversations over there. But I think we need to wrap this up so you know how we always end this show, right? Get lost. In an adventure! And I will see you next time.